0: Welcome to the Learn Today podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Darlington. I am very excited for today's episode. Unlike my last episode, I am not very knowledgeable on the subject. Today I am interviewing one of my relatives, Scott Williams. Scott Williams is an associate professor of exercise science and outdoor recreation at Utah Valley University. Scott is a graduate of Weber State University and the University of Florida. Scott has taught and conducted research in natural resource planning ecotourism, sustainability, environmental and social ethics, inclusivity, and career development. Scott also teaches classes in expedition kayaking, backpacking, mountain biking, and leave no trace. Scott is an avid reader and sports connoisseur. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the podcast. Could you explain for us and our listeners what you do and teach at Utah Valley's Valley's University's Outdoor Recreation and Exercise Science Program?
1: Yes, so we're kind of a weird um, combination of exercise science and outdoor rec. Um, <clears throat> usually around the country, you're either an exercise science program or an outdoor recreation program. And for whatever reason, they're combined. They're combined, and so we're we're kind of a small outdoor rec program tucked underneath exercise science. So most of these guys in this suite are biomechanists and sports nutritionists and so forth. And then this guy's an expedition expert, and anyway, so we're outdoor rec stuff. That's so, cool. So it's a combination of two very different but also similar majors.
0: Mm, nice. Yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit, but um, you do these—you um, take these students on these outdoor trips. So what are, what is transformational for your students when they go on these
1: trips, and what have been your favorite trips? So. Um, my my university experience before this one was in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. so I taught at um, California State University at Northridge. Okay, and so many of my students there had never slept outside. Wow, which was that's crazy. Which, like in Utah, that's normal. Like in Utah,
0: yes, everybody's
2: part but of the. I guys. bet so. there's quite a few people that that join that that even in Utah that there's a lot of people that haven't had a lot of experience. Outside. For sure. But one
1: thing you find in Utah is at least people have slept in their backyard. Yeah, you know you've seen the night sky or you've you've had those types of experiences. But I was teaching students that had never slept outside. You know they were they were living in LA with the light pollution of the city, and you know Joshua Tree National Park, which is fifty miles out of town, was another planet for them. So I would take them out there. And for me, growing up in Utah, it was always. It was just normal. I grew up in a family that slept outside and went camping and and so for me to take some of these students out and just see how much it blew their minds um, in, a, in a good way, um, it was really inspiring and on top of that, I kind of felt like like I'd have to be a really I'd have to be really terrible at my job to not have that be impactful. Yeah, <laughs> because there's just something about. Listening to the crickets and the coyotes yeah. at night, and looking at the mm. night sky—that does something to you.
0: Mm. And I don't know. For me, I've done that a lot, so I don't know if that'd be normal for some other people. Because I'm part of Boy Scouts, so yeah. Well, I'm not anymore, but I was.
1: Yeah, so you've had those types of experience, yeah. and some of it's really easy to identify, but you simultaneously feel big and important and significant, yeah. and also. So tiny and insignificant. And it's so good sometimes. for your mental
0: health just to go outside sometimes. Like the vitamin D is so good.
1: It is. Yeah. And as time has gone by, I mean, one thing that the studies have shown is that just in the last two or three generations, we've gone from having the outdoors be a almost a daily part of life mm-hmm. to the point where... There are significant chunks of society that just never get outside. And that's
0: not a good thing. We need to get some people outside a little bit more. Right. And speaking about that, so we're, right now, we're a little bit in the COVID season. And, I mean, we're starting to have the Delta variant. But during COVID, everyone's been stuck inside. And it's been, it's been impossible, it's been almost impossible to interact with people. So how has COVID affected the health of uh, your students and society?
1: Well... Um, I mean, there's the, the research on what cell phones have done to our social worlds and our, and our brain makeup. Um, so there's that. And the research is pretty, is pretty solid that cell phones have really not been good for us. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, especially the instant gratification, teaching people that everything's instant. Yes. And you
1: never have to be bored. Yeah. You know, um, you never have to sit alone with your thoughts and just, wait for something yeah you can just sit on the bus pull out your phone (laughs) yes and the interesting thing about that is is when you do that you you're completely isolated from the world around you so we've got a bus full of people (laughs) who are all doing something besides what's around them Mm -hmm. and a it's unbelievably rude i mean if if we're having this conversation and i pull out a Time magazine for Greg's generation. You know, I pull out a Time magazine and I'm and I'm just kind of halfway listening to you, but mostly looking at my magazine. You would consider me that's a little an boring. awful person, yeah. Um, but somehow it's acceptable with a cell phone. Yeah, and it's interesting
0: because it might sound like we're being boomers and we're just being complaining, but it's a legitimate concern. Like. I mean, I remember before when the i before the iPhone came out, it's it's been very different. You watch these old you watch old movies that they have, they don't have iPhones, but now like in every new movie, you see all the main characters have iPhones. So it's a little crazy. Yes, yeah. You never
1: have to be alone with your thoughts. You never have to never have to be bored. Mm-hmm. You never have to talk to anybody you don't want to talk to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's come at a big cost. And you look at the the invention of the iPhone and the prolifer- the proliferation of the iPhone has corresponded with a rise in anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, Mm -hmm. social isolation. And social media hasn't made it better. And social media has made it worse. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And Has COVID played a part in some of
1: this? Oh, that
0: was the original question. question. That was the (laughs) original question. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Back Um, to
1: COVID. (laughs) Well, yeah. So that's one thing I've been... layer on top of all (laughs) of this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So now we put a mask over, over your face. Yeah. Um, and so there's more distance.
2: Yes. Separation.
1: It's necessary, but it is more distance. You can't see anybody. Well, and in addition to wearing masks, everybody's staying home, you know, so kids aren't going to school. And so it just compounded an already mm-hmm. significant problem with that. Obesity rates are high. Yeah. Um, right. you know, diabetes and hypertension and all of these related negatives in society. Um, continue to continue to go up
0: um why don't you tell our listeners what you did over COVID because we were talking about that earlier and I thought that was kind of interesting
1: uh the way I taught my classes yeah yeah um so we had the choice to either go online and so again I teach outdoor recreation leadership that kind of thing so we had the choice to either go online or socially distance in class um And for us, it was an obvious one. I just remember that spring semester before everything shut down, or right after everything shut down, um, I would interact with engaging, interested students in the classroom, and then we went online, and it was completely different. It was so easy to check out. It was so easy to play Play computer games while listening to Faster. Yes, to do a thousand other things. I mean, the amazing things you can do with that computer, a whole world is there. Yeah. And I'm way less interesting than most of them. <laughs> so it was really easy for them to check out. They turned off their camera. Um, the comments went down. And so it was harder for me. Um, but my Especially job... in
0: the department you're in. In computer science, everyone, like, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
1: Um, but the thing I felt bad about is... I felt like we were giving students a raw deal yeah. because we always joke that we have to save them from themselves. <laughs> you know? And so um, a number of students came up afterward and said, hey, just so you know, I appreciated you having in-person class because I didn't do well in any of my other classes and I I was anxious and it was awful, but I, looked, I actually looked forward to your class. And that's not me, it's just they look forward to the interaction, yeah. the actual face-to-face interaction with, with their peers.
2: I got a question for you. You you alluded to outdoor recreation and leadership. How are those? How do those tie together? Like, how do you take that and tie that to leadership? What do you?
1: What's well, uh, the things you learn being in the outdoors, especially in a group. Um, there are real implications for it.
0: And totally. And like, for example, there are a lot of like drug rehab programs where they'll just take kids outside.
1: Yes. Like that's how powerful the wilderness is. Yeah. Yes. And it just wouldn't be the same in a building or with a structured it's, group it's of It's hard activities. to explain, but it's just different. Yes. Because it gets cold at night and it gets hot during the day and your body has to stay warm and dry and your body has to get water and food. And in the outdoors, that's sometimes problematic. And it's, and, it's more simplistic also. Yes. Because with the
0: iPhone and with the internet, there's just so much going on but with just being in the outdoors, it's just very simple.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, and the, where the leadership comes in is it takes effort to move a group forward. You know, it, it yeah, I mean, you're and in the business th- world. Um, in
2: this like difficult situation. You have to come together and that, work together. It,
1: deal with egos and deal with discomfort and you have to deal with type A personalities and people you want to check out. <laughs> um
2: skills Mm -hmm. like skill abilities and
1: things like that yeah we we, they used to call them in our field soft skills so there were the there were the hard skills that are you know knots and um you know rowing rowing and managing all of the intricacies of how it goes equipment and stuff and then there was the soft skills that talked about how you and i interact when we're in the backcountry. yeah you know how do we deal with fear and discomfort and how do we motivate a group to push that extra mile to camp or whatever it is what
2: what kind of exp- what kind of things have happened i mean i'm sure there's a huge range over the years you've been doing this for a long time um of experience like like from like things worked great to things were really tough to work to you know, any crazy accidents conflicts, or things like that any um
1: Overall, I think I've been pretty lucky. I mean, I had a, I had a student break an arm on a on a mountain biking trip, which was not ideal, obviously. Uh, but the worst one I ever had was it was one of those outdoor experiences where you just, we call it type, type four fun. So type one fun is it's fun while you're doing it, and it's fun to reflect on it, and it kind of goes through. And type three fun is it's really not fun while you're doing it at all, but as you reflect on it, it was. It was a, it was a memory maker, and type four is just this sucks right now, and you look back on it and you just go, there was nothing good about that. Day. Day. It was just that <laughs> so um, it was one of those weird Utah weekends where the whole the whole state was bad weather, and the reality of the way our trips work is we're we're locked into a certain weekend, so the weekend was you know May fifteenth. And the Uenahs were still full of snow, and it was going to rain up here and be really cold. Zion was grim, and so we decided, decided to go to the Pine Valley Mountains outside of um, St. George. George. And I had a kid from Alaska. Long, long story short, I had a kid from Alaska that missed the first day, and I thought, this kid's from Alaska. What do I have we're to worry good. about? You know, I'm good. good. Hey, <laughs> He, he could survive. He's from last, yes. from last to last. Yes. So I, it was naive. And so <laughs> I kind of gave him a pass. And I told him what he needed to pack. And I said, hey, we're going next weekend. You're in the class. We'll see you there. So he shows up and throws his backpack in. we get halfway up the mountain, and it starts to snow. And it snowed about 18 inches in oh a, gosh. two hours. And <laughs> so I was... Desperately trying to find a flat spot to um, to set up tents, um, he didn't tell me that he had formed two silver dollar size blisters on his heel. <sighs> they had formed, pussed up, <sighs> broken, and ripped off. It was like somebody took a blowtorch to his heels, both of them. He didn't have a sleeping pad. He had a like a Toys R Us sleeping bag, and oh my God. so anyway, I ended up giving him my sleeping bag and my sleeping pad and yeah. I slept in his Hasbro sleeping bag oh <laughs> and I just froze all night and the next morning we woke up and so we had hiked six or so miles probably 1500 feet and the next morning we woke up and he couldn't even walk and so we walked back down and the trip was over you know yeah. what do you do with, a, with somebody who can't walk so that's, that's it was awful top <laughs> to bottom so
2: that's, that's so tech for yeah yeah <laughs> nothing <laughs> not fun that.
0: not fun in the moment not fun <laughs> to reflect no it was it was awful okay i want to get uh outdoor recreation's great but i want to get back i want to get to the exercise science right. angle because we we were this is a dual program so um let's talk let's i want to talk sports and exercise so um, I go on YouTube a lot, and often on YouTube I see vitamin commercials that claim that taking this one vitamin or this one supplement can make you strong. I think these claims are exaggerated, but s- since you know a lot about exercise science, I was wondering, do can, can you use vitamins or supplements for
1: exercise? To supplement it or to... So like... In, in exchange for exercise? Not in exchange, because you can't just take
0: supplements and expect to get strong, but can you use them with exercise? And what? How impactful are they?
1: Uh, I, I think the research is still out a little bit on a lot of that stuff. I think a lot of it's just marketing. Yeah, honestly. Um, I think we we always want to find this magic, <laughs> this magic <laughs> substitution for actual effort and Yeah. Strength, and it just doesn't exist. It doesn't, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, the reality is. Calories in versus calories out. That's the best way to do it. Is a a big is a big part of it. So I mean, I get why these companies exist, and you know, it's good marketing and it provides jobs. And I think there's a lot of placebo effect to it. Probably, (laughs) Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's overblown, and I think we. uh, Yeah, I think we just. I would. We just need to get back to the basics. Yeah, I agree,
0: agree. So also, um, I mean, we live in the USA, and there's been um, an obesity epidemic for a while, a lot of fast food, and so um, a lot of Americans um, have a lot of extra weight, and so I was wondering what are the best exercises to burn those calories and to lose that
1: weight? Well, do you like to go to the gym? I
0: have been trying to go a little bit more. I had a period where I didn't do it, but I mostly do the... The running machine And uh,
2: kind of all right. And do you so en- I
0: do it for about. I try. I did it
1: for about <laughs> thirty minutes a day.
2: I'm not
1: doing as good, but okay. do you enjoy it though? I do. Well, so here is the deal. Um, in our field, we talk about two different types of motivations. One is intrinsic motivation, which is it's just fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you just enjoy it. And then there's the other one, which is extrinsic. And I always use the example of somebody who goes to the gym. Mm-hmm. So the intrinsically motivated person. Goes to the gym because they just they just love the gym. Inexplicably, they love getting on the treadmill and running, and they just dig it. And I don't I don't understand those people um, because I can play basketball for three hours and I can get a lot of I can burn fifteen hundred calories and I can enjoy myself. But if I'm on the treadmill for two and a half minutes, yeah. I want to punch myself. Really? So, but but there are people. Um, some people do like some it. Some people love
0: it. Oh, yeah. Well, I like how it feels afterwards. Because you like like, when you're just sitting down in classes all day and you just decide to exercise your legs, it can feel... Your body releases like hormones or chemicals yep. in your brain yep. that's saying, oh, this exercise is good. So you
1: feel awesome after you exercise. Yes. And some would say that's an extrinsic motivator. Um, so the first one was an intrinsic motivation. The second one is extrinsic, where you're motivated by something else. So maybe you're... Um, you know, I had one student say this. He goes, "Well, the reason I go to the gym is to look at girls." <laughs> and I go, "A little creepy, but um, that's a totally extrinsic motivator to go to the gym. You're not you're not intrinsically motivated. You go for some external reason. Other reason. I mean, um, as long as you're working out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he's working out or not. But, um, but yes, if you if you go to the gym because you want to look better for other people, or you want to um you want to look better in a swimming suit or you want to be able to to run further then that's probably not the right that's motivation. an extrinsic motivation which is fine um but a lot of times it's the extrinsic motivation that's really hard to sustain mm-hmm. whereas the people who are inexplicably intrinsically motivated to go to the gym it's re- it's easy for them to to do it year after year after year after year so that said um the most healthy populations on earth are the populations that get exercise as part of their daily routine. Mm-hmm. So they walk places, they bike places. Um, if they have to go to the store, they don't just by default jump in their car and go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they spend time at the park. They go for hikes. They, um, they eat almost, it doesn't matter what they eat, but they have relatively healthy diets and they do it with other people. So their whole lifestyle is social, social, um, intellectually stimulating, socially stimulating, and they get mm-hmm. exercise as part of their daily routine. Yeah,
2: and I mean, those are the
1: people who don't have those are the populations that don't have the uh, the obesity issues that the Western world does. Yeah, they and, live longer too. Right? Yeah, those
2: yeah.
0: I mean, we're all, we're not as well rounded. It seems a little bit sometimes in the U.S. You mean? I don't
1: know. It can just be difficult to be well rounded. Yeah. But, well, and the reality is fast food is is really easy I mean you you yes. drive the streets just like I do you know it's, right lo- there. it's so easy and it's cheap mm-hmm. there was a there was a scene in um that documentary Food Inc I don't uh-huh. know if you, you guys saw that so there was a there was a family toward the end of the show that you know he worked a low paying kind of blue collar job so did his wife and they had two preteen girls and What the parents said is, we would love to be able to provide our kids with good, wholesome food, but we just can't afford it. So they had actually crunched the numbers and found it was more expensive to buy and consume salads and Mm -hmm. lean proteins than it was to go get something through the drive-thru on the dollar menu.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested in sociology, so this plays into it. Um, There are these things called food deserts where there are certain parts of the USA where it is much cheaper to have fast food than it is I mean there's definitely in many cases there are some personal reasons why it's not necessarily all a society based thing but there are definitely sociological problems where fast food chains are placed and these food deserts where it's just easier and more convenient and faster and cheaper just
1: to eat um, McDouble it is well and as the pace of life increases it's way easier to just go through the drive through because it's quick, easy. Uh, it's relatively not messy. Cheap, and if that's all the time you have, is just if you view food as just a means to not be uncomfortable, to just stuff your face full of food and then move on to the next activity, then fast food makes all the sense in the world. So I, I, part of it's a pace of life thing, don't you think? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you guys mm-hmm. find that's the.
2: That's yeah. how it is for you. Yeah, I don't.
0: We don't. We're pretty good at not doing fast food.
2: I, I like S- it. Sometimes
0: but... we cheat a little. <laughs> but, uh, we do like it. But we're we Me and Dad are pretty good. So, um, so um, what what was the? <laughs> you didn't answer the question though. But, didn't I answer the question? No, I said what was the best exercise?
1: <laughs> just really quick, what's the best exercise to burn off those calories? Well, I I think where I was going with that is is just day to day activity so like for
0: example would walking to campus be a good thing like me i'd have to take that bridge to campus would that be a good thing
1: yes I, if you do that every day i mean you look at that my guess is that's 150 to 200 calories um twice a day you know would be my guess taking the stairs instead of the elevator um biking to go get groceries instead mm-hmm. of instead just of taking a car by default just the little the little things um you know i some of the some of the fads that are happening now with the stand-up stand up and desks and desk treadmills and, and that kind of thing. I, I get it and yes, I think it works, but um, just a thousand of those little types of things.
0: Speaking about fads, every new year there's a dieting fad. Can dieting help with exercise
1: performance? What's your opinion? Can dieting help with exercise? <laughs> What's your opinion on
0: dieting? Like my brother says that all these wrestlers, you know, do keto or something, which you know, okay. I know. It, I know it's a quick way to lose weight. Yeah. Um, but don't you need the everything? Like you can't. I feel like the reason why there's so many fads is because none of them work.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really not sustainable. Yeah, I but feel like it's short term good, but
0: not good for your body long term. I guess I don't
1: know. Yeah, I mean, the science is in. I mean, I think we know in general what is good for us and what's not. Um, and so to to fill your diet full of animal Animal protein almost exclusively. Um, I think we know that that's not great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- everything in moderation. I, I think there's a reason every every big meaningful philosophy and every every major world religion teaches moderation. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's something to it.
0: Yeah, there definitely is. I agree,
1: it's especially bad.
0: with eating and I mean can And exercise a little bit too. So yeah,
1: but, you know uh, the other thing I would just mention is we as humans are. We're in a unique evolutionary period because, in the past, say say, your earliest ancestors walked past a big, a ripe fig tree, mm-hmm. they would sit there and they would gorge themselves because they never knew where their next meal was was going mm-hmm. to come from, and that's why we like sugars a lot too. Yes, because during in
0: the those hunting hunter and gatherer ages those were rare to come by and they would give you a lot of energy
2: but nowadays so you gorge back then you gorge because you you don't know what's happening two days from now but we're in the wrong context yeah so then we would just fast for a couple of days until we figured something else out right
1: and and modern society is not at least western society is not very conducive to that because you can sit and eat Ice cream and chips all day long, if you want. Right. There's no, we're not going to run out of ice cream and chips. So you kind of have to regulate yourself. Yeah. Whereas prior generations, the system was regulated for them. Right. And now everything is so convenient, we're not doing a very good job. And it's funny with these
0: hunters and gatherers, they have actually had better diets than we do now because they just got a diversity of things. Yeah. So, like nowadays, diets are just worse. Taco
2: Bell cravings. Boxes. Yeah, and getting through yeah. that
1: Whole Foods isn't going to help because that, that's a, that's a different topic. Okay. Well, it, no, it is. It's ubiquitous. I mean, you just look on campus. I mean, you've been part yeah. of part of campus for a year plus. You look at your only food options on campus. It's Taco Bell. It's Subway. It's Chick fil A, and that's it. We don't even have a cafeteria on this campus. Yeah, you can't buy a salad. It's it's crazy. So here we. We are an institution of higher learning, and we're all of the health classes tell you, (laughs) "Hey, get exercise, have a well." Right next to the outdoor science building, there's Chick Fil A and there's Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah, and that's where we are.
0: Okay, so we're probably gonna do one more question because we're running a little bit on time. But um, what question? Any questions you wanna add? Yeah, mine
2: is: uh, so you've taken groups on trips. What was your favorite trip, and why?
0: Oh, yeah. I asked that one a little while ago, but I don't think we answered
1: it. What's my favorite trip? Um, I discovered... So we live out in the West, and it's dry, and bodies of water are hard to come by. So I teach an expedition sea kayaking class. And one of the things I've done recently is we've gone up to Jackson Lake. Um, and you can put in on the east side of Jackson Lake, and the way the Park Service set has set it up is you have boat in campsites around this big lake that's
2: it's huge,
1: right? thirteen miles long by six feet wide or six feet, six miles wide. Um, and it feel you feel like you're boating around Iceland or Greenland. <laughs> um, and you've got these ice cold rivers coming through coming through and you have to watch out for grizzly bears. And this massive massive lake with these huge spiry peaks coming oh, almost yes. right out of the out of the water, and, yeah, it's, do your again, students. I feel like I'm cheating, because mm-hmm. I take students up there, and even if I just said, go do your thing, they would love it.
0: Yeah. So. Do your students have to do a lot of, like, waivers for the, for these things? Yeah. Yeah. Because that sounds a little crazy. And luckily, we've. It sounds like you've been we've done. well. Yeah, yeah. We've,
2: we've done pretty We do well. a lot of prep for these, too. Like yeah. So when you take a group, they're, everything's thought out, and the, the, yeah the students are ready like great right? it's mm-hmm. not just like hey overnight yeah it's not done. hey
1: we're, we're heading out everybody grab your <laughs> grab your rucksack <laughs> so yeah it is that's and that's the downside is, of, of what I do is once once you get in the van and head out and and you know get on the freeway or hit the trailhead and get off of campus that's when it really starts being enjoyable but uh, yeah. the garbage leading up to it is yeah, is really cool. difficult because it's waivers and Insurance, and liability, and purchasing, and packing, and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. But, but kind
2: of necessary for a successful trip, for sure. Right? So, well, I mean, that waivers wouldn't be fun, but I like I, I did a geology trip where we went to the Grand Canyon, and like, I loved all the prep, like just because it was brand new to me, you know, yeah. like, here we're gonna do this, you know. And so, for a newbie, it was just like. Well Mind opening to hear about all that stuff. So you enjoyed yeah. the advanced stuff, the
1: preparation. Yeah, I did. Yeah,
2: maybe you, maybe it's a little different. You've yeah. done it so many years, but that first time was good. good. Like, <laughs> super cool. Yeah,
1: maybe I need to incorporate my students more <laughs> into that. I mean, I try to because you know I think it's important to have that that part of it because it's not just showing up and yeah. and taking in the activity. But yeah, maybe
2: I need to. I had no idea it was that enjoyable. Oh, yeah, well, it's just interesting to <laughs> learn the process. So, yeah. Or the classwork in preparation. Huh. Well, thanks for
0: coming on the podcast today. It was great having you. This wraps up our show today.
1: Hey, well thanks for having me. It was fun.